You're listening to the Coach's Journey Podcast. Exposing the struggles and celebrating the successes in the life of coaches who are action takers and creating authentic impact in today's world. Whether you're just starting out, expanding your reach, or exploding your impact, you're in the right place right now. Stay tuned and be sure to subscribe to this podcast. Now, here are your hosts of the Coach's Journey Podcast. All right, uh, we're live. Uh, so excited for this podcast episode with Daniel and Rob. Both Daniel and Rob have been on our podcast before, individually, not together. So definitely watch those podcast episodes. But this is Faisal and Son from Co- uh, the Coach's Journey podcast. Uh, Dr. Sherry's not here this week. She is gone away uh, to explore, travel, all sorts of places. Um, but we are excited to get into today's episode. We're going to be talking about what, what does it take for you to make the leap into group coaching? What does it take in terms of your mindset, but also in terms of how you structure your group coaching and what are the skill sets that you need to learn? And Daniel and Rob are experts in that world, uh, and uh, they'll be going deeper into that area. And I'm excited to explore that with them. Um, before I, I jump into that area, I do want to share a little bit about our sponsor, which is coaching mastery community and it's a community of coaches that are supporting each other to uh, raise their skill sets and their uh, business uh, coaching skill sets and business skill sets in a supportive community um, I, I'd love to hear because uh, Daniel at least is part of the community and Rob is an honorary member of the community I'd love to hear uh, if you wanted to add something about coaching mastery community Daniel or Rob I'll just I'll just add, you know, one of the cool things about Coaching Master Community is the coaching chain, where uh, we just reset for the quarter to to, uh, to scramble the chain up. And so what you get is you get like this, uh, you get a coach and you get a client and you can try new stuff. So with my client, um, with my client last week, uh, last quarter, I tried some new things that I hadn't tried before. It's a good experimental environment as a coach because you can try things that you're like, oh, I wanted to do this, but I'm not really sure if I want to do it with my clients in the, in the real, in the real world. Um, but uh, like the, the intention with the chain is that you get uh, paired with people who know that you're trying new stuff and that you want feedback and you can get feedback that you can't get from clients because it's like your, your coaching client in the chain uh, will say like, Hey, this didn't really work for me. That didn't really work for me. You have this coaching mastery discussion afterwards where you can get feedback on your coaching uh, in a way that you can't really from a, from a coach. Right. So like your clients can't often give you that kind of feedback and um, I mean, they, they can if you structure it right, but this is a designed for that specific purpose. And you give your coach feedback and you both learn together. Like even when I'm coaching a newbie or an expert coach, like I learned so much uh, in that coaching master discussion um, around, around coaching and sometimes business too. Awesome. Awesome. Well, I, I completely agree with that. And I, I think as coaches also, we consistently need to be coached um, and, and supported and also given feedback as to how, how we're serving our clients. Uh, usually we don't really have an idea until a client leaves us. Uh, <laughs> they're like, oh, what happened there? And then even then, a lot of times we're guessing. Uh, but just getting feedback around some of the things that we're trying, whether it's something new or something that we've established and, and getting feedback around how it's working from another professional coach can make a huge difference um, uh, for your coaching skill sets. Now, um, I do want to get started... Go ahead, One Rob. other nuance that, that I wanted to share too, because I'm watching it slightly from the side, but I was yeah. just thinking about all the certification experiences I had. So what do coaches want after they've come out of certification is they want someone to practice with. And so I've been watching what the coaching mastery community has developed. And 
what it does is it provides a simple solution without having to go through all the pain that coaches typically do once they've gone through certification of finding a beta client. But here's, here's a nuance that I just realized kind of watching it from the side. There's one significant thing that determines your success as a coach when you're coming out of, like you're a new coach and you're coming out of certification. And it's your identity as a professional coach and it's your confidence as a professional coach. And I noticed for myself going through certifications multiple times that the very first time or second time, my identity was, oh, I'm just learning this. I'm just practicing this. I'm just trying this out. And as I went through certification four, five, six, I started taking on the identity as like, wow, I'm a professional coach. And the one thing that was the most helpful out of certifications was the feedback from other advanced coaches. I remember one who I knew was succeeding at a very high level, and she was the last person I practiced with live in the certification. And she said, oh, my gosh, that was the best session that I've had in this entire certification for the entire week. And so I walked out with a level of validation and confidence, knowing that I had just talked to an advanced professional coach that I wouldn't have if I had gotten similar feedback from somebody who just was certifying for the first time. So the thing that I think uh, CMC really does in a powerful way is it gives the new coaches a chance to find other coaches to be in that chain with but also get feedback from peers who might be a little bit further advanced than they are. So the feedback they're getting is really valid and it helps to shift their identity, helps to shift their confidence in a way that you wouldn't get if you just started pairing yourself with other people who had just certified with the same certification that you got, for example. Yes, um, and, and because our, our community has different levels of expertise coaches, so you will get it from somebody who is a beginner, somebody who is more advanced, and because we switch every quarter, you'll get a different variation of feedback from different coaches, and I, I love that nuance. Well, and, and not only does it build your confidence, but you get specific uh, guidance as to, hey, this worked very well. This thing that you tried didn't really work very well uh, or it didn't land very well and we have a process that we've developed around feedback to to encourage uh, people they can use it to to give each other feedback that that seems to be working uh, so far so thank you for sharing that Rob and uh, maybe we can we can uh, get started with some quick wins and then we'll jump into the conversation Rob why don't you share a quick win quick win so in terms of something that you can do very quickly one of the things is in terms of shifting from a one-to-one -one model to a group model. No, no, no. A quick win for you. We'll get to the conversation. for me. Oh, okay. Quick win for you. We, we, that's our tradition. We start with some wins. Thank you. Okay. <clears throat> I love so that you're thinking about quick wins for other people, Rob. That's so great. I, I know. Exactly. I, I love that you are. <laughs> Always serving. Wait, wait, wait for the good stuff. <laughs> my, my, my natural default. Actually, maybe that is. I'll, I'll just share a quick win that maybe my natural default is to... Uh, it, like once you're a coach, you can be a coach anywhere. And uh, so <laughs> I'm looking for a new place to live. And I went to lunch yesterday with uh, the the person who I was going to move in with and her daughter. And I just realized this morning, it's like, oh, I couldn't help coaching. But what I did in asking questions is I sparked a beautiful conversation between the daughter and the mother, just naturally, just by the way that I typically ask questions. Uh, where literally the daughter got up 
and the mother started talking about what she just realized from what her daughter had said because of a question I asked and she started crying and she she then texted me and she says oh my gosh there were so many you know like that lunch was really helpful and it sparked so many great conversations so it's just the ability I think of that we have as coaches that in almost any situation the way we show up with real presence and curiosity and the ability to ask questions it makes such a huge difference in people's lives we don't even realize it because we're like we're, we're fish swimming in the water of coaching like we we get it we're living it all day long but when you go out into quote the real world and you start practicing the skills that we have we make huge shifts for people I, lo I love that, Rob. Thank you for sharing it. And, and it just speaks to the skill sets that you've uh, developed as a coach and, and just bringing people together. I love that. That's beautiful. Uh, Daniel, please share a quick win. Oh, yeah. You know, this month, uh, here's a win. Uh, I just had my 100th session with a client and it's been it's been an awesome journey. We're, we're continuing on. But uh, just, you know, sometimes you forget how long, uh, how much investment you've made in coaching someone how much investment they've made and how how well it's going um and the benefits that they're receiving it's it's just like you kind of just forget um and you're like wait i just did 100 sessions with somebody that takes a long time and we're not we know and, and sometimes it's weekly sometimes it's not so um it, over the various rounds of coaching that we've that we've signed up sent that they signed up for uh 100 it's great it's like it's such a milestone for a client like it like for a coach to reach 100 session with somebody it's not very it's not very um very very often that that happens i guess but um and it can happen i have another client who's who's on their heels at 80 84 right now so um yeah so it's it's kind of nice to to, to celebrate a century, yeah. century, a coaching that's, century. that's awesome <laughs> it's, it's making me count I, I don't count my sessions i'm like how many have i done oh yeah one, done of, one of the tips that I, that I learned just by accident early early on in my coaching sessions was uh to, to every like i i do you know just uh all kinds of coaching, but every session I send a number as part of the, the coaching follow-up. Like, this is session number seven. This is session number 45 or whatever, you know, like, and so they get their follow-up. They know how many sessions they've had. And so it's just a count. It's constantly counting up. It's a recognition of the consistency that they're having in investing in themselves and in, in the coaching process and the journey. Um, like how, how much work are you putting into reflecting reflection and introspection and getting coached and raising the level for yourself? Like, okay, hundred times. That's amazing. So. Oh, that's a, that's an awesome tip. I, I might consider doing that. Uh, that's really cool. I did it, when I coached you, I think I did that. I I, I think you did. I think you did. <laughs> and I put it in the except that I assumed that was the normal how we do the CHBC stuff. <laughs> yeah, well, it was. I don't think we even did CHBC, did we? We did something. Yeah, I don't think I did CHBC with you. But. Uh, well, I mean, I think we did. We did the charge sessions, but a version of that. Okay, maybe, maybe, yeah. but you can yeah. do it. You can do it either way. You can, it doesn't have to be a particular framework. Like I just count up every session I do, whether it's CHPC or whether it's not, I just count up another, another number and I put a headline in the subject line. So that's, 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 that's a one. great tip and congratulations. That's awesome. hundred yeah. sessions. Wow. What is that? Three years, four years? I think it was probably three. Cause we took some breaks in between. If it's weekly, now. it would be, I think around. Weekly, it's two years of sessions weekly, but we had like months of breaks occasionally. And we also had. Uh, like weeks, sometimes we'd skip weeks and sometimes that we'd go on vacations and we wouldn't be able to coach. So I would say it's probably almost three years, maybe two and three quarters years, something like that. So 
that's awesome. That speaks to you providing value and, and getting them results. Otherwise, why else would they stay? I, I know. Unless they like, really, you know, really like you. You must like me. Yeah, it's like <laughs> super validating, right? If you ever have that impossible. It's going to be in conversation. Uh, but I highly doubt that's just that just that's the case. Uh, so uh, for me, I, I think a, a great win has been this, this past um, few months. I've been on this like accelerated past path towards business growth I've, I've been getting obsessed about growing my business which is very odd and interesting <laughs> for me because i never came into the coaching world as a business guy uh, or like i want to build a business this and that I, I just wanted to do something to work with people uh, and then as i've grown what i realized that you know what uh, i'm helping other coaches i'm working with other coaches i'm working with a lot of uh, people in business I, I think it's sort of a responsibility for me to kind of challenge myself to get better and i was getting very comfortable so I've pretty much the past few months, I've invested in several different programs just to challenge myself to, to go ahead. And I was just sharing with Daniel today, I'm excited about a new program that I started, uh, that, which is a, a business coach that I, that I uh, hired, which I'm excited about. Uh, but the, the idea is around challenging ourselves to, to get better uh, in our business and in our skill sets. I, I think that's a consistent journey that we're all on. Um, and as we do this stuff, it inspires others around us to do, to do that too more and more. And I was inspired by other coaches. So, yeah, so I'm, I'm excited to share that too. All right. So let's jump into our conversation since Rob is itching to share <laughs> his, his tips and tricks. Uh, so the, what, what we wanted to share was that, well, what does it take for somebody to get started in group coaching? Now, the, one of the things that I've heard, like at least in the CHPC world, but Another bit. Well, you can just get started with group coaching, and I would say you can. Uh, but what does it take, really, Rob and, I, and I, or, or Daniel, you, uh, either one? But actually, before we even get started, maybe we can spend because I promised that we would do that. I know you guys have been here separately, but maybe you guys can share your common story as to how you got connected and how you got you guys became business partners as you move forward. I'll, I'll let Rob do that. <laughs> So the uh, obviously Daniel and I, so the way we got connected, it was funny because they, they were asking me this story at lunch yesterday, but the way that we got connected was uh, Daniel and I met each other uh, in person at a lot of the Brendan events. And I swore because we, one of the, one, one of the sessions I rented, I, I, we were calling it the coaches mansion, but there were like 10 coaches. And I was swearing that Daniel was there, but he said, no, he didn't actually stay overnight at the, at the the house, but he was there a lot, uh, so I thought I, I thought he actually was living there. Uh, so I think that's the time that we spent the most time together and really bonded and connected with each other. And uh, literally, I was just keeping in touch with him. So fast forward, I had trained as a coach in 2014, trained as a facilitator in 2017, and started combining a lot of those skills. And 2020. My plan was to downsize enough that I could fit everything I owned into a Sprinter van and then drive around the country, stay with friends and facilitate large scale live events at different places in the country. Well, obviously the universe had other plans that uh, <laughs> the live event in 2020 was not going to happen. And uh, so I remember, and it, Daniel laughs at this whenever I say it, literally I was walking in a beautiful graveyard, which sounds like a contradiction, but this is a graveyard in Monterey, California, overlooking the 
Pacific Ocean. And it was just like really epic. And I was just calling friends that I had known from the past and catching up with them because quite frankly, I was losing my shit with being locked up and not being able to interact with people. And so I was just reaching out to friends from the past. One of the comments that I made when Daniel and I was talking was, you know, Daniel, I'm capable of building a business on my own, but I really don't like it. And he's like, me too. Let's do something together. So our partnership was born out of just a conversation where we both re realized we were in the same place in building a business. Because building a business on your own, as I said, it's possible, but it is so much harder than if you have support. And it doesn't have to be a, an official partnership relationship. So maybe this is one of the first tips <laughs> is find your tribe and don't do it alone. Don't do anything really alone because it's so much harder because it's not just a one plus one equals two situation. When you start partnering with the right people, it becomes exponential. So anyway, I couldn't help myself throwing a tip in there, but the, uh, the, the way we came together was just through that conversation. And when we initially had the conversation, we didn't even know what we were going to do. It was just the idea of like, let's partner together. And the whole idea of doing what is now group coach magic came about from a couple of months of us trying to do something in the real estate world, because a lot of the live events that I was facilitating all related to real estate. And Daniel had been uh, working with a lot. He'd been a real estate investor himself. He'd been working with a lot of realtors also. So we started there and everything we did was just difficult in terms of thinking about our copy, getting in the head of the clients, that type of thing, like building a long-term business. And the way it shifted into group coach magic was literally from a post in a Facebook group, which was saying one of the, one of the coaches was saying, how do I move from one-to-one -to, -one to group coaching? And I was like, oh, well, that's simple. You combine the coaching skills with facilitation skills and you've got a beautiful group coaching session. And he's like, how do you do that? And I said, oh, I'll jump on a call with you. 47 other coaches said, oh, I need that too. And so we said, okay, change of plans. We're not going to be, I'm not going to be jumping on the phone with this one person. We're going to be creating a Zoom call. And a bunch of the coaches showed up and they're like, oh my gosh, this is mind blowing. Thank you. Which then turned into a four hour training course, which then turned into a mastermind, which then turned into group coach magic. So that's kind of how Daniel and I, the, the evolution of Group Coach Magic and how we originally partnered together. Uh, and Daniel could probably talk about how well it's working. I think one of the things, if you're going to, if you're going to choose partners, uh, make sure they're the right people. Make sure they're the people who amplify your skills, who share common values with you. I think that's the most important thing. And Daniel and I are so aligned on that. We're like, wow, how could we be like... We, we both feel lucky. Like, how could we have picked any better, you know, in terms of the way that we work together? Yeah, like picking, picking business partners based on like, oh, I want to do something not alone. So do I. That's not necessarily a formula for success. No. You know, like if you just not being alone is not a formula for business success. But finding a partnership where you have such common shared values about how you think about things, how you how you work together, how you um, think about your business partner, um, your complementary skill sets. There's so many variables here that matter in business partnerships and I've been a member of a lot of business partnerships and some were really challenging and I've seen a lot of business partnerships fail and um, a lot of it has to do with the people and how they interact and how they communicate so I think the idea of 
form a business partnership is great, but you know, just make sure that um, you've thought about some of these questions ahead of time. Yeah, I I, I love this, and 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 I've had a similar experiences that uh, building a business alone, it's it's painful to be honest. I mean, you could do this stuff, but a lot of times you're you're sitting there like like it's a lonely world when you build something alone. And the whole idea of building a business, you're talking about an organization or you're talking about building a, a system. I think the exciting thing comes when you're working with other people. And, and that's why Daniel and I are partners too. And we have other partners in the picture too. And, and it's actually one of the reasons I've realized that people don't do it is because it's very complex. It takes a lot of time to get used to each other and, and build that trust and build that uh, way of communication that, that, that needs refinement along the way you lose people along the way you uh, you, you, you learn and grow yourself. And one of the things that I've learned is I've actually grown as a, as a human being and as a leader just within the partnerships. Um, uh, would you guys say that? 100%. Yeah, yeah 100%. definitely 100%. Because it's, it's <clears throat> conscious communication, so important. I was just thinking about the, the, uh, the analogy or how similar it is to picking somebody that you're going to get married to. Uh, you don't just... You don't just jump in on the first date. You have to make sure. Sometimes you do. Yeah. Well. Okay. Yeah. Sometimes you do. But uh, (laughs) I mean, some people do. Not. I'm saying you should. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. But uh, but typically, you're you're vetting the person for values, for alignment, for where where you want to go. I think that that's the the other mission. So values need to be similar, and then also what your vision of the future needs to be along parallel tracks uh, with each other. Um, so <clears throat> I think those elements are really important. And, and one quick clarification too, when, when I was sharing the model, like Faisal, you were sharing in your win that you just signed up with uh, another coach that you're excited to be working with. The business partners that we have, they don't have to be formal arrangements where you start a corporation with somebody and you have all kinds of legal entanglements and shared you know, that type of thing. It could be you're with a group or a family for a period of time while you're on the journey. So again, values alignment and mission. And if you have the same mission as another group, join with that group while they're on that mission and they'll take you from from point A to point B. And then you're like, oh, they're like thinking them more as hiking buddies or mission buddies, you know, or whatever, like you could say you're, you're running a military campaign and you're there for a certain period of time. And then you stay friends with the person, but you're not entangled in them uh, in a long-term because most partnerships actually fail over the long-term. I mean, that's the the history of it. So it's um, there's, there's two models of it. So we're not suggesting get into a long-term partnership relationship. We're saying, Pick the people that you need that will take you from point A to point B, and they're aligned with your values in a powerful way, and you'll go far faster with a group of people than you will try to do it on your own. Which is actually like a perfect segue into like, uh, well, what we do in Group Coach Magic is like helping people have the group of people around them to create that supportive community that allows them to move faster as a person in the group, not just as a business person, right? So if you're coaching, I don't know, uh, in the health world, all your people in your group uh, are all aligned on a, a journey together. They all have a similar, a similar aspiration. And having this group creates a, mo- a momentum of its own. 
And if you do it well, um, you can actually make it more powerful than just a one-on-one uh, environment, right? And th there's definitely pros and cons to both, but uh, with group, you having this supportive community can be so, so powerful for people. Yeah. And, and also to me, uh, how I translate it and what I've learned in businesses as, as strategic partnerships, that you don't necessarily, like Rob said, that you don't necessarily need to be partners in, on paper. You could be just organizations supporting each other. And for example, co coaching master community and group coach magic, we might be very, we are natural partners in some senses because we help in different areas, but they're complementary. Uh, and I've actually created strategic partnerships with my clients, quite a few of them. Uh, at least a couple of them long-term, one of them I'm doing an event with their organization and I'm, uh, they're sending their clients to, to, to my community, but they get a part of that too. Um, but they're not really on paper. They're not partners, partners with me in that way, but we're partnering with helping each other to build this, this brand. Um, and, and similar to one of my other clients who is becoming a coach in the community, but she's also bringing in clients, but we're not partners on PayPal as in we don't have the same company. Um, so there are so many different ways of doing this, but the idea is just that, do you feel long-term, I love the way you says that there needs to be an alignment long-term in terms of vision and values for sure. And then you can figure out the strategy as you move forward. So um, I, I do want to jump into our topic around. So let's say it's a coach just got out of a certification or has been to a couple of certifications uh, or has just gotten started coaching. What does the transition from one-on-one -on -one to group coaching look like? Now you shared a little bit before, Rob, that, that you combine uh, coaching and facilitation skills. Can, can you create some differentiations there? And like, what does that journey look like for somebody? Yeah. <clears throat> so one of the things that I realized, and, and I just even had this experience with an advanced coach, which is uh, you take the existing one-to-one -one framework and you just apply it to a group. Like, so instead of having one person on a call and you're asking them individual questions, now you have 12 people on a call and you're saying, oh, here's a question, journal on that. And you you they may share it in the group uh, through chat. They may not, they may just journal on it. That was the, the form that group coaching took. And I'm like, no, please, please, please don't do it that way. So there's certain basic things that create a transformational experience in a group coaching. And one of the basic things is having any, everyone feel safe, seen, and heard, and have them feel safe, seen, and heard as early in the session as possible. So one of the things Daniel and I are really big on is whenever we're opening a session, that we will ask a question to, to kick it off where we get people grounded in the session, connected to each other in some way, and then just as you did with the wins, share a positive frame, share something where everyone gets the chance to share and have their voices heard early in the session. So the, the, the big mindset shift is don't just take whatever framework you have and adapt one-on-one -on -one to group and try to do it the same way. It's a fundamentally, group coaching is a fundamentally different uh, process than one-to-one -one coaching is. And this is where the mindset shift comes. It's actually easier and it's more fun for the coach. Like you can get more transformation. You can have a, a, a much less emotionally taxing session for you as the coach for yourself. And you can get better results for your clients all simultaneously in a group coaching format versus the one-to-one -one format. 
if you're doing it correctly. Awesome, awesome. Daniel, did you want to add something to that? Uh, well, Rob just described our, our, our GPS framework, which is grounding, positive frame, and sharing, uh, which is something things that things that you need to do early in the session to create that sense of safety. But I think um, you know, part of part of the, the, the challenge with going from one-on-one to group is often that um, people are not like sure what to do. They don't know how to do those things. They don't know how to how to create that sense of safety. And partly it's because they have not led a group before. Um, and when you're leading a group, you're you have a responsibility to um, to take the group through a journey. If you're coaching them through a session, it's your it's your responsibility to create that container, just like it is in one on one. But now you have a container for multiple people, so your attention is not <clears throat> is not often trained to be able to um, to care for everybody at the same time. Uh, so when you're one on one, it's it's where to focus your attention is really really like obvious. It's like you're present with this one person in front of you. But when you're in a group, all of a sudden, like how do you make sure that everybody's having a good experience? How do you make sure that people are getting progress in what they're there for? How do you make sure that people um, in your group are having a good experience? Um, and all those things are part of the transformational transformational experience. And how do you make sure it's authentic? Um, how do you, you keep on top of all that stuff? It's, it's almost like there's a whole new level of skills that are important um, that, you know, one-on-one -on -one you don't have to. You don't have to think about those things, but in group, there's a, there's, it's like, it's like a, a level change um, in terms of how much attention you need to pay to, to things. Um, and yes, you do need to pay attention to the individuals in your group, uh, especially if you're maybe doing coaching with them, or if you're, um, if you're hearing from one, one person, but everybody else is listening at the same time. And you want to make sure you're engaging with everybody, because if I'm in a group, I want my time to be, uh, if I'm a participant in a group, I want my time to be productive. I want it to be useful. I don't want to waste my time just waiting for my turn. You know, that's not um, that's not as effective. So um, sometimes sometimes people going from one on one to group don't don't understand those dynamics, and a lot of it can come with experience. But uh, what we've done is we've worked on on like turning that into a system. What are the what are the key tools and and you know strategies that you can use in a group context to just run playbooks and run you know we call them choreographies uh, on playbooks sometimes, which is like hey do this then do that then do this. And your, your members will be like, oh, they're going to have a diff totally different experience. And often when we share these things, then coaches are like, oh, I never thought of doing that. Um, yeah, because you don't have the group, group experience. You, don't have, you haven't learned the, the things we've learned by trying these things out and experimenting and sometimes falling flat on your face and getting the feedback and, and, and tweaking them. So we've, we've improved these tools over years here. So there's just a lot, to, lot more to think about. So as you were sharing, it reminded me of some of my early group coaching sessions, and it was exactly that. I would, and I watched another coach do the same exact thing, is that you start with one person, you talk to that one person, move to the next person, move to the next person, and literally it would, and a lot of times you would run out of time, so you're, you're hurrying, <laughs> and, and you're getting impatient with one person's comment because it's getting longer and longer. Like, how do I engage with the rest of the people now? The group size is getting bigger. It's like, what the hell do I do? And, uh, and especially as I was, I was fortunate to be put in a, like, I, it wasn't my personal clients. And I watched another coach who was more experienced do this, but he was making a lot of mistakes. When I went there, I actually, I started similar to him. And I realized a lot of the stuff he was doing is not working, especially when you increase the group size, it's, it just doesn't work because uh, you won't get to everybody. You won't even get to half the people in there. Um, uh, but what I learned as I experimented with different things is what, what you said was that we need to find a way to get everybody involved in some way. 
and not make it like a turns thing is that we're leveraging the 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 group environment to create insights uh to create to pull out the wisdom from the group and and help them start to think about what 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 would it look like for them to move ahead and and there are different strategies to do that um, but i'm curious so as um, as somebody who's getting started and, and not everybody will have the same path as me, but what, what would it take for them? Like what skill sets do they need to build in terms of facilitation? Where would they practice something like this as they're getting started? Yeah, I think there's a, there's a couple things. One, one is what Daniel said is it's, it's a fundamental, um, shift from your role in, in, in your mindset. So Typically, when you're coming as a coach, you're thinking, okay, I just got the certification, I just got this training, so I'm the expert. So the, the, the mindset of a coach moving from one-to-one -to, -one to group is the mindset of, I'm the expert and I'm going to dispense my knowledge to the participants. And it gets worse in a group because now you have more people to, to help, to support. Um, and it turns your role into a guide. So you have to see yourself literally as a guide of the conversation and you're just watching for the experience that everybody's having. So I think that's one of the, the, the very first elements is to, to shift your mindset to, I am now the guide curating an experience and creating something. Uh, the, the other thing which you were talking about is how do, you, how do you create a situation where everybody's getting value simultaneously, even if there's one particular person on the hot seat. And that is uh, it, one of the things that goes along with that mindset shift is now that you realize you're just guiding the conversation, you're involving the wisdom of all the other group members in the conversation, even with the person on the hot seat. So there's a presupposition here. And, and this is one of the things we'd recommend when you're creating a group coaching is just exactly the two characteristics that we were talking about in partnering earlier on, which is create a group of people that have common shared values. And that's just because the dynamics of working together, if people have fundamentally different values, uh, you, it, it, it can cause problems in a group coaching situation. It changes the dynamic. And then the other thing is a shared aspiration. So everybody's trying to do the same thing. So it may not be helpful to, to have people with completely wildly different goals, like one person's working on their health, one person's working on wealth, one person's working on relationships uh, in the same group. But if you had, for example, a group of real estate investors that are all trying to get better at the, at the art of being able to make partnerships and find deals uh, with other people, now you have a common goal and once you've done that, once you've created a, a, a group coaching situation where people have shared values and a shared aspirational mission with each other, those two elements, then you can create hot seats or coaching sessions where now everybody, because they're peers, they're on the same journey, everybody's wisdom, everybody's insight uh, can be leveraged. And even though there's one person on the hot seat, you can draw out the wisdom of the other people of like, hey, before expert coach, the person who's, who's conducting the coaching session says anything as far as suggestions, what have all the rest of you done that's worked in this particular situation that Mr. Hot Seat member is asking for or Mrs. Hot Seat member is asking for? And because of that, 
you you're getting everyone leaning in you're getting everyone interested they're all paying attention they're getting value because they're thinking through what's the best of what works and they're hearing what works from all the other participants at a, simultaneously so everybody's extracting value simultaneously from the discussion even though on the surface it looks like one person's on the hot seat yes um i i, I love that it's, it's uh I love that idea. So I, I work with investors, as you know. So uh, it's interesting because as they come together in a group coaching and, and it's around high performance or personal development, uh, you find that because their vision and values are aligned, um, they all have they all deal with the same challenges. They all look at it in very similar ways. So um, even if you're doing hot seat coaching with one, it actually generally applies. They can start to see themselves within the conversation, but then the next level is what you said is getting the rest involved as well. How have you dealt with this challenge um, uh, in, in your life? And then the conversations become interesting because now they start to see that they're not alone. They're on the same journey and they have support that literally shift their confidence level as to what they're doing. Because what you find, especially... I found with people like, let's take coaches or uh, uh, real estate investors or people who are doing different things. And most people around them, they don't understand what they're doing. They tend to fall into the space of like, nobody understands me. Uh, but then they need that. Like, it's a, I think it's a human need to belong, to be understood, to be uh, supported. And when you don't get that, it creates a lot of resistance internally for us. But as soon as you receive that, it shifts a lot of the things. And that's why I realized just a couple of years into my coaching that one-on-one -on -one is not enough. Because as, as, what ends up happening is that you, you are working with somebody one-on-one, but -on -one, what ends up happening and they go back to their normal environment with the same people, same thoughts, same feedback as to not understood, not valued, doesn't get it. Um, and then they go through this rut and then they come back. He's like, oh, nobody understands me. I'm like, oh, there's, there's a missing picture here. And that's, they don't have a community. And, and that's essentially what you're providing is a community of supporters that, that help generate ideas that, that help you feel safe confident and moving forward uh, on your path. And, and I, I think it's essential, even if you're doing one-on-one, so all my one-on-one -on -one clients get access to my group coaching um, just for that reason. I love that, Faisal. And just to put some things, things together, uh, like the one thing that Rob started with, which is really, really important for, for new coaches as well as advanced coaches who have been only doing one-on-one, -on -one, uh, is that this, this transition from expert um, to guide is like, the identity for coaches is often like, I need to know a lot about this thing. And sometimes you do need to know a lot about your thing. You're, you have a niche, you have an expertise, you're the subject matter expert. And often, you know, I coach leadership, um, executive leadership coaching as well. And one of the transitions we help them make is going from the, you know, they were an expert and then they got promoted into leadership and they have to, you know, to think differently about their job. And it's a, it's a big transition often because they are used to being, their identity is used to being, the smart one about this topic and now they're like well now i'm in charge of people and they are supposed to be doing the work but i but i'm the one who's supposed to be doing the work like when i became an went from being an engineer to being a manager i still was trying to engineer stuff and so that so that the problem was i was missing out that i have this community of people that are relying on me as a as a leader uh including my team including my peers and so there's this this, this common human transition that we go through 
uh, from being the subject matter expert to now being in leadership responsibility. <clears throat> and we get our value and our validation a different way um, in both of those environments. Uh, you know, in the subject matter expertise world, where you're a coach, you have a certification or you have a niche, like you know a lot about this topic, great. And that's where you get a lot of your value from, a lot of your validation from, and, uh, and people, you think people are getting a lot of value from that, and they probably are. Um, but when you become a group coach, sure, your, your expertise can be useful, but even more valuable is as far as I was talking about, bringing that community together. Uh, and now you're, you're responsible for a community, you're responsible to lead a community, not to tell them stuff, right? So you can tell them stuff, but that's, that's what video training is for. You can tell them stuff that's like sometimes what the, um, the, the training and content you have is for. But when you bring people together, uh, building that sense of community, as Faisal said, can create a lot more momentum because now they're with people who get them too. And you're the one who brought this together so you can facilitate this container and this experience they're having, not just tell them about all the, uh, the knowledge because uh, that, that can be done a lot of different ways. Um, but bring them, you have people together. It's an opportunity for them to have a live experience that can help with that transformational aspect of what your coaching is supposed to do. Um, and the knowledge will be there for them. They're part of your community already. So you have ability to share that knowledge with them and they may need it uh, at different times in different ways. But when you have the community together, how can they together connect? How can they together be on that hike together um, through the mountain, through the journey, and then know that there's other people alongside? That can be a really powerful force, even if you're coaching them one-on-one like Faisal's doing, right? Um, and there's a reason that Faisal, you brought them all into your group because you know that that can be a factor in helping them succeed in what they're doing, right? Yeah, I, I, I love what you said. It reminded me of a couple of stories, but I think the first, the first one is around the uh, group that Daniel and I facilitated the first group a few months ago. And so we, and this was a contract in an organization that we're doing and it's going well. So the first set of feedbacks that we got was that, uh, so when we were coming into that space, I, one of the things I knew that they will look at us as experts. So, and, and I knew that we needed to do something to kind of break that like pedestal in a sense. So we both shared a little bit about our stories and that was part of the session design um and uh, and the feedback that we got it oh they, they were just they're human like us they have their challenges and problems and they've been on a journey and i was like that was the best compliment ever mm. yeah you know that that particular example i think is a really good example they thought we were going to come in and tell them what to do yeah. in their field and like we they're, they're probably better at it than we are like we, yeah. we like we don't know necessarily know their, their what they their expertise is but what we do know is how to build that container in that environment and have them be able to speak up for themselves and, and clarify for themselves and coach the group through an experience and a transformation through that experience. So they come out being different, right? And that's kind of the purpose of your group coaching is to help your members transform just like it is in one-on-one, but now you're helping everybody transform simultaneously in parallel in their own unique experience that they're having as part of your group, uh, which takes a little more skill, of course, because you're, you're like, you can't just focus on one person. Um, well, you can but we recommend having everybody have a, a shared experience here. Yeah. Just one last point around that. So these, like when we're going into a space, like whether it's one-on-one -on -one or group coaching, one of the things that I've learned is I think it takes a little bit of humility. I had to realize because when you're like, as a coach, you will have been delved, you've gone into personal development, growth, all sorts of areas, and you will get the idea generally that you know what to do for You will know what to do for them. <laughs> you will be able to give them advice. And maybe to some degree, that's true. 
But what, what one of the best assumptions that I've come to, even outside of the business, one thing is that, okay, I don't know anything about the multifamily investment world, but it's even more than that. I have a very small view of their life, regardless of how long I've coached them. They have a much more closer view of their own life. Uh, I can direct them. I can ask some questions. I can give them perspective, but ultimately they have to start thinking about where they want to lead their life and, and business. And, and that's where I think good coaching comes in is that, we help them guide, we help guide them in their own world, not with the assumption that we know their world better, but with the assumption that they know their world better, but they just need a little bit of guidance in that area, which means, which means you're digging deeper into their life, not telling them what to do in their world. But just wanted to add that point. Go ahead, Rob. Yeah, no, actually, that's beautiful. I'm glad that you said that before I shared, because what from listening to what you and Daniel were just uh, saying, one of the things that I wrote down is that Information is not transformation. Consistent action in a group setting is transformation. And so we actually transform over the long term consistently by working with a group of people that maybe we'd consider peers. Um, but there's also that higher level of accountability. There's that feeling of commitment and constantly learning. And one of the things that I realized is that it's also important, like when you think about any major change that you make, which is usually like a habit type change, you know, you're transforming your health. There's a cycle of you take the action, you get feedback from the world. Like, let's just say you're, you're trying to transform your physical health. You go to the gym, right? And you get tired and, and yet you start losing weight and your muscles grow and whatever. But there's also the cycle of if you come back with people that are on the same journey. So let's just pretend you know, you're going by yourself to the gym, there's a certain level of accountability, or you're going to uh, the gym by yourself with a personal trainer. Now that's the one-to-one -one coaching model. And there's the next level of accountability because now you're paying attention to your, your coach. But if you're in a group program that everybody is on the same journey, we're in a 12-week program to transform our health and there's 20 of you, now suddenly you're not just accountable in your mind, to yourself or to your trainer, you're now accountable to all the 20 people. Like you don't want to let them down. So it's that consistent feedback loop <clears throat> where people are giving you feedback. They're sharing what's working in real time with each other. They're sharing the successes. They're getting celebrated for their successes. That creates long-term change as opposed to the traditional model where it's like, oh, I just need an accountability partner. I just need someone to get on me about a particular topic, uh, which generally doesn't lead to long-term change. Yeah, I, I love that. It reminded me of, um, it goes into that uh, idea quote from Tony Robbins. I like that when he says that we're, we're drowning in, for, in information, but we're starving for wisdom. Yeah. Um, and and uh, it, like whether you're looking at the business world or personal life, there's so much information out there. Like it's so easy for anybody to get overwhelmed and it, it, even experts, they will go through something and they'll be like, I don't know how to make heads and tails of this, this stuff. It will take them years to de deconstruct something that you can actually use. So what does it take for uh, somebody to 
get like you said live feedback on what works and what doesn't and that's where group environments come in like even working with real estate investors one of the things that i've learned you can pretty much find all the information in the world to create your own uh, like you can start your deals you can start working with people like the information is not missing the problem is that as you start to do that you run into a lot of problems when it comes to first of all your own mindset and confidence and, and fears and doubts but then as you move forward, there are technical challenges in there. Who are you running that by? You will need somebody to move that. And then there are a variation of skill sets there that you need to support with. So now you need to work on five different skill sets and to build those. That'll probably take you a few years to get there. So you will get there in about 10 years. <laughs> but now imagine yourself partnering up with a few people. It'll probably take you a year or two to get to a level where you could do the same thing if you can make that those partnerships work and 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 that's that's one of the things that we're doing i'm doing with another organization within the multifamily space they're like the, the only thing that moved us forward more than more than anything else was our partnerships uh, we, we work together to move this project forward and in every space you go to that's why we have coaching master community that's why you guys have group coach magic that you need to get that live feedback as to what's working and so just today I had that conversation with the business coach and, and like he, he, he was a good coach to, uh, he was getting me to think about like how I have gone, gone to that point. And I, I literally say, well, the reason why I'm at the level I am is because of the community. Like the, the whole thing is because I've gotten so much feedback on my, uh, on my skill sets, on, on what I'm trying in my business. Uh, and now I want to go to the next level. Now I need a different level of uh, first expertise, but also support and even that's in a group setting. So when I get that, guess what I'm going to do? I'm going to bring it back to, to other places that I'm in. I'm going to share that with other people. And then we all slowly grow together. And, and, and this is the journey we're all on, is that we, we need to be around other people who are trying the similar things so we can grow together as we move forward. And then that's the power of group coaching, I think. Yeah, absolutely. Love that. Yeah. And so, um, so now we, we give a few tips around, okay, uh, I'm still, so I'm just trying to imagine myself just going through a couple of certifications. I'm thinking about group coaching, like how the hell do I get started? Like what would be like the first five moves for the, for, for a coach who wants to get started? Well, I, I would think, I think there's like some, some, some steps here. One is the first, you got to commit to forming a group, right? Like like if, if, or, or leading a group. So if you want, there's lots of different ways you can do group coaching, right? You can create your own group or you can lead somebody else's group. You can, you, you know, it depends on what your goals are, right? Like it always depends, but let's say, let's say the traditional path is like, you want to create a, your own group around this particular topic um, with this a particular shared aspiration and mission. You're going to have to create a group at some point. So, so I would say like, number one, know what your group is about. Uh, and, and have have an idea of your um, your your shared aspiration, um, and you don't have to know the perfect answer. Remember when Rob and I first got started, we thought the shared aspiration was real estate investing, um, but as we realized, we actually ended up um, instead of helping real estate people, we helped the coaches. So that can evolve over time, but you got to start somewhere. So I would say figure out um, what's the topic, what's the aspiration, what's the what kind of values do you want this group to have? We just think about like what would this group be um is the first step is, is thinking about that and then you have to actually take some steps to form that group there's a lot of different ways to do that you can um 
you can form your group through uh, through traditional the same way that you're already marketing. You can you can take your existing clients and put them in a group. Um, there, there's a ton of ways to form a group, but I mean the most most important first step. And uh, Rob, you can you can you know chime in on this as well. Most important first step is to sort of coalesce your own ideas. And that actually can take some take some effort around what is this group going to be. Yeah, I was I was writing down. Uh, and, and Daniel covered a lot of the first things. So like Faisal, you were asking, you know, like what are the what are the big moves when you're when you're doing it? We covered a lot of them. So uh, the initial thing is to shift your identity uh, as as being from from being the expert to being the guide. You know, that would be step number one. Um, Number two is to really know in your heart that group is better. And in that case, you may have to take other people's words uh, on it. You know, like Daniel and I, we didn't, even two years ago, we didn't believe group could be better than one-on-one. -on -one. Now we we know it in our, it's like in our bones. Uh, and you can start hearing from other people who have gone down the path and like, okay, I'm going to assume that group is better because I've heard all these experiences from people. The third one is what we already talked about as well, which is identify the transformation that you're creating for your group and then the values that you have personally that you want to attract. Because one of the other things, and this is a little bit of a nuance, is you're going to hate yourself if you're working with people who have significantly different values uh, than you do. So choose your clients carefully. Uh, you, you want people and, and when I say values, I don't mean issues, you know, and hopefully this isn't controversial, but I've coached people who have gotten, you know, really, you know, through through really tense situations where their friend situation fell apart completely over politics, over, you know, over whether the vaccine's a good idea or not a good idea, that kind of thing. And I say those are issues, but values are the fundamental, like, you know, one of the ones I use is if I'm with somebody at a restaurant and they treat the staff, you know, like look down on them and treat them poorly. It's like, ooh, I think this person has a different set of values than I do. I'm not sure we're going to be friends long term. Uh, so that's a values issue. So you have to decide your values and then pick clients based on those values. So that would be the next step. And then the the step after that, which I think Daniel was was getting to, is commit to group coaching whether or not you have a ton of people to be in a group coach. So you could start a group coaching program and just decide you're calling it a group coaching program and start with one person. And that person gets a little bit of extra attention. And then one of the things Daniel and I have, have done is to create a soft start mode. So what you do is as you're filling the group, you can just keep doing it on a rolling basis. And the initial people get an additional benefit by getting more one-on-one -on -one time, getting more concentrated attention. But then as new people come in, it starts breathing new life, new energy into the group. So it's feeling like there's constant levels of progress. And then as new people come in, the people who have been in the group for a while get the opportunity to welcome them, guide them, uh, maybe even be a little bit of the expert mentor uh, in the group. And that actually makes the new person feel deeply welcomed and also makes the person who has been in the group for a period of time feel acknowledged, validated, and see a sense of progress because they realize how far they've come as a result of being part of the group coaching program. 
So those would be the uh, the the kind of series of steps I would say as you're transitioning from one to one to a group that uh, you might want to create a playbook around. Awesome, I, I I love that, and I love that that you guys distilled it there. And um, uh, so there's something you said in there. So the, the alignment matters a lot. So I, initially, I didn't know what my niche was. And I, like, I just started coaching people. And I, I didn't know who I felt aligned with. But as I started working with, for example, real estate investors, I, I found that I was, even though we're not doing the same thing, our values are very aligned. So our vision and values, both the kind of life we're trying to create, the kind of purpose that we're thinking about, the kind of uh, how we're looking at our relationships, family, like so many aspects of our life was so aligned that I got more and more attracted to helping real estate investors. And an interesting thing is I'm not a multifamily real estate investor, even to this day, I'm not. And I, I'm getting pulled into that direction because I'm connected to so many of them. And I think that's eventual just by, by, by relation. Uh, which is a good thing. Uh, but that made a big difference. Now, I've also coached people, like you said, on the other side where our values are not aligned in, in terms of how we look at life, how we look at success, how we look at um, balance and all sorts of stuff. And you can see, I can feel a lot of resistance uh, and uh, on both sides, not just one side. And it can create a lot. It's just not the right fit. And, and I've had to even, even right now, I'm considering one of my clients that whether or not he's the right fit, um, because it was an exception that I, that I created because I really wanted to support people, uh, support him. Uh, but I'm thinking, is he the right fit for the community and for, 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 for me? And, and it, it does create friction. It does create uh, tension in there. Uh, now, just one last thing before, one last topic I want to quickly discuss is the difference between the point a point b group coaching do people start with that or evergreen like what what are you i know you guys have tried both what are your thoughts on that well it's interesting so uh we we've tried both like there's lots of different models like um we actually got started by creating a mastermind which is actually a fantastic way to create a group coaching experience put together a group of people sort of like a mastermind and um and you if you do that for for a long enough period of time you're going to get a lot of great data around what's working, what's not working for the group. And everybody's kind of moving together with that understanding that it's, it's kind of like a mastermind group. Um, but uh, we've also so tried can, to- Daniel, can you clarify a mastermind group? What would that, what does that look like? Um, well, just basically a bunch of people who are pursuing the same goal, who are getting together to uh, have conversations and to, to learn about a particular topic. And well, what we did actually, we, um, we, br we brought that mastermind group, various information and various ideas and then we, as a group, tried things out um, and we got feedback. One of the things that we did really right was we got a lot of feedback early on in the process um, from, from the group. And uh, we actually were able to develop our tools as a result of that. So um, oh, eventually we had so many tools developed that we actually said, oh, it's time we need to run a cohort uh, because we want to take people through all the tools that we put together uh, or like it's the foundational ones that seem to be really important that people are getting value out of um, and using in the real world. Um, and so we put together a cohort, a program, uh, which was, uh, I think it was a six-week program the first time. I think it turned into seven, seven weeks that first time. Um, but we had a module for each part of the program. We had a module on opening sessions. We had a module on ending sessions. We had a module on how to do hot seats. We had a module on all kinds of stuff, um, how to create culture. So we had all these modules, and we took the cohort through these, these modules, and we got even more feedback and improved it further. And we ran a cohort again the second time and it was even better. 
And then we're like, oh, this cohort model totally works. Uh, but the challenge that we didn't know that we were trying to face up trying to do number three was that uh, the cohort requires everybody to be ready to go at the same time if you have starting point A to ending point B. And when you start expanding beyond the people that you have very warm connections with and you start going to people that um, you know, may, have, may have other schedules and may not be able to make a particular session, they might not want to join the cohort. So when you try to, to run a cohort, you have to be very aware that it may be challenging for people to join that cohort uh, for, for a, a thousand different reasons. Is it timing? Is it a particular session? Uh, is it like being able to be there for all the sessions? And they may have their own reasons for not wanting to join the cohort, but they really wanted what you had to offer. And if you don't have another format available to them, you can run into problems uh, um, in terms of people being able to do it and, and selling it. So we realized that and we've had, had to make a shift into um, Evergreen, which is what we're working on now, which is a program where uh, you have a supportive community environment where you have, um, you know, sort of people get together on a regular basis to get supported in the journey of, for us, it's group coaching, but for the journey of whatever the topic is for you. Um, and then through that process, they also learn some of the tools and the, and the things that we have in the modules in the cohort, you can learn in that cohort, or you can learn some of the tools through some of the training that we're going to provide. And then we bring people together to have the group experiences. Uh, and those group experiences can be related to the training, uh, but they can also be those kind of experiences to help people move forward and take action um, and apply consistent, consistent, um, to, um, consistent application of the concepts in their actual pursuits. So for us, for example, like we're a community that is around group coaching, maybe they just learned something about how to open group sessions um, and then they've gone and tried it. They can come back for the the support part, uh, which is where the community comes together and, and talk about that. What's worked in the field, what hasn't worked in the field, and then everybody grows from that and as people share their experiences. So that's, that's sort of the evergreen model where you have, people can come in at any time at any level and they can share what's working in the field. They can share uh, what, what is not working. They can also learn from our tools and they bring that to the, to, the, um, to the support sessions when they need support as well. So everybody can learn from that experience as a community together going forward. Yeah, uh, I, I love that. And, I, and maybe I can share another example outside of for, for coaches. So I've run a community for a year and a half uh, and it's been on Evergreen. Uh, literally after the first month, I realized this needs to be on Evergreen. <laughs> yeah. And before that, I had a contract where I, I saw this in action and the, so the coaches ran it on Evergreen. He, he would even switch around uh, sessions from a model, a high performance model. And, uh, and he would just take people through. Um, he would remove the beginning and end parts, but he will just people, uh, take people through. And what hit me was, for example, in the high-performance model, there are really only five or six areas. It's you're either getting clarity, you're increasing your energy, you're increasing your productivity, courage, influence, but they're just session names are changing, but the theme remains the same and all, all the way. So if you look at it from a cycle point of view, like every month you're going to come back to that same topic. So it actually doesn't matter at what point somebody joins it. And even for after a year and a half, I've, I've seen it does it. And, and you need to keep the refresher going on those same topics, especially if it's proven that those are going to create impact. Whatever the model is, I, I realize I'm like, this is so simple. Like you just run the same themes over and over uh, and, just move forward. And in the, in the middle, I've added more different sessions to it. I've experimented with those and some have been good. Some have been not so great, but it, it continues on. And I think the evergreen model is, um, 
good because the focus is not necessarily, for me at least, the focus is not necessarily the topic. The focus is to help them uh, get ahead within a community environment, within a support structure. And then the topic creates the focus, but it doesn't actually matter. Like even if we, like topic gives them this sense of focus and con continuity, but let's say you take out the topic and you just facilitated the session around, hey, what's coming up today, which there are a lot of coaching models that do that. You could do that. And that's, and that's actually an important part of, you know, in an evergreen model. So we should define evergreen a little bit for the coaches who are like, wait, what do you mean evergreen? Where it's like, you know, you can join at any time. Uh, you don't have to be aligned with the progress of somebody else. Um, and you can just be part of the community for a while. And you come to your sessions uh, in the community. Um, and from a, from a business point of view, it's like a lot easier and more sustainable to have an evergreen model um because you don't have to have this this cohort where you have everybody has to start at the same time so everybody has to just line up the stars uh for themselves right and you your, your content doesn't have to be um in a particular order so people can get the content evergreen means you can get the content in, in, at the time you need it um from from the content modules or um there maybe there's a different teaching that you do do um in a in a group setting but um the evergreen model allows you to be much more flexible than a rigid cohort, like topic, 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 topic modules. Um, uh, agreed. Uh, Rob, did you want to add anything to that? Yeah, you know, what you guys were saying, <clears throat> there's a couple of elements and you you covered it really well. So what we would recommend, you're, you're saying, you know, what what are the business models that, that work or we'd recommend? And we're still perfecting this as we speak, but just as you said, uh, Evergreen, yes, which, Daniel just got did a good job of defining it. Rolling enrollment, which means people can join at any particular time. It, the knowledge isn't dependent on, uh, you know, like they, it, it doesn't matter when they join. And then the other elements that I would include in that is uh, to make it a hybrid coaching model. So one of the ways that you can make something evergreen and rolling enrollment is if there is any foundational knowledge that the person needs in order to get up to speed with the rest of the group, and there may be, depending on the given topic, um, have that as pre-recorded videos where they can learn, they can see the past sessions. And I would actually create those videos in real time with the other participants who are active in the program at the time, but they get to watch the, the, the sessions that have gone before so they are up to speed and they have some of the, the basic knowledge that they need, which helps to create the evergreen rolling enrollment element of it. And then the fourth element uh, of the, that I would recommend is some mechanism to spur action and accountability, you know, some kind of a, uh, a system or a tracking sheet or a set of tools uh, that people can use consistently. Uh, for example, for Daniel and I in the group coaching, uh, one of the elements that we're building into the, the next version is some kind of a check-in where people are actually doing the work in the field and then getting the opportunity to debrief, debrief with each other in front of the other advanced coaches and get feedback on their on their event. So they actually take action and then bring their action, homework, whatever you want to call it, to, to the group and get direct feedback on it. But that spurs the, the element of taking action uh, on a consistent basis, which then creates that real transformation. Um, I love that. 
uh, and there was this uh, one point there around the training. So, for example, in, in the high performance model, we're not allowed to share the videos of that with anybody who comes in. It's just uh, that's the, the the part of the contract. Mm -hmm. uh, so the way I've gone around that is that I also do a training training sessions every Monday. I do it. I used to do it every week, but now I do it every other week. Um, and they go in a library. So there are certain themes like if topics come up during group coaching that I can't cover in depth and it needs more training, I'll put that in there. But there are certain themes uh, around personal growth and, and business and all sorts of areas I've covered that is in their library. So if they and I don't tell them all go through all of them, I, I just am like, hey, when you if you have a specific area that you're thinking about, you will find the topic in your library. Now there are like 25 plus videos in there. That they can go through and then part of it is also a discussion so they can go through that as a way so there are so many different ways of doing this stuff it's just a way of getting started um and, and moving forward towards there and by the way whether or not group coaching is more effective than one-on-one -on -one, even if you take that out of the picture at some point as a coach you for you to scale you're gonna have to go towards group coaching to some degree because you're if gonna you run out scale. of bandwidth if you want to scale yeah some coaches don't want to scale some coaches just yeah. want they're one-on-one -on -one clients and they they have that and that's all they want yeah. but if you want to scale which most coaches eventually will get to that place where they need to scale and then they realize their schedule is all one-on-ones and they don't have space to scale anything right the only way to scale at that point is to increase prices um and sometimes if you increase prices you may have some people no longer to coach with you uh, hopefully not but um but at least that'll open up space for you to create yeah. a group <laughs> yeah. so um so the group is 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 a way to scale and you can actually the group experience can be more valuable than a one-on-one -on -one experience it can also increase the value of a one-on-one -on -one experience one-on-one -on -one experience as far as i was talking about mm -hmm. so um yeah. you know there's a place to open our minds to group coaching that most one-on-one -on -one coaches don't think about so uh, i actually literally got this tip today around that and i have my membership model structured like that but what i didn't realize so uh, the business coach he kept talking about it and, it and it hit me and then he gave me that as a tip while he was demonstrating it so his one-on-one -on -one coaching was at a 100k and he was mentioning it's like for example i charge 100k for my one-on-one -on -one clients but then at the mastermind level i charge this at the this group i charge this and you could structure it that way. But then at the end, he literally gave me that as a tip, that if you have your one-on-one -on -one coaching at the higher level and you raise your double your prices, assuming that you want people to go into group, then they, it naturally creates a price juxtaposition for them. And they self-qualify themselves for a group. But then you might be surprised there are people who might want to come into your one-on-one -on -one program, even though you've raised the price quite a bit. That sold me on it. Like I doubled all my stuff just, just on that because I've been thinking about it. I'm like, he was literally modeling it because as he said, 100K, oh, I can't do 100K right now. What else do you got? And he's like, oh, I got this 24K that will work for you. I'm like holy shoot this, this is this is incredible but the, i like the idea that especially if you're if and i'm booked uh, pretty much booked for my one-on-one -on -one. i I, yeah. I probably can't handle any more one-on-one -on -one clients so it does a couple of things one i raise my rates because there is a higher demand for me as a coach but what it also does naturally is it's not artificial it creates a price juxtaposition there that people self-qualify for the group coaching rather than one-on-one -on -one coaching which I really like. So maybe a good tip for others. I literally learned that today. Uh, and it sold me on doubling my prices and all.
on <laughs> investment on all my programs, at least on the one-on-ones. So um, I just want to thank you both for, for um, uh, serving and, and sharing so many tips. I, I think I, I like that we kind of created that, uh, some ideas around how you can get started and combining facilitation and coaching and shifting your identity from an expert to a guide to um, getting started thinking, uh, thinking about getting everybody involved and, and creating a community environment. And we also went into Evergreen. So we covered a huge, huge area in the short time that we had, well, depending on what you consider short or long. For me, this is short. Uh, <laughs> for somebody, this might be way too long. Uh, but um, I, I do wanna um, ask, where can, where can people find you guys? Uh, if they want to get more of their skill sets in, in group coaching, facilitation, all the awesome things that you guys do. Yeah, it's uh, group coach magic. So the, the easy thing to do is to go to uh, groupcoachmagic.com. And, uh, and then in that, you'll find a uh, program on the Surefire group coaching system, uh, which is the thing that we're filling uh, right now. Uh, we are already in soft start mode on that. And it's evolving just exactly the way we were talking about it uh, today. We, we, we listen to the customers and find out exactly what they need. And we're constantly adapting the program to be the most effective version of itself. So it's evolving as we speak, but we'll include all of those elements that we just got done talking about, which is, you know, the elements of uh, having a evergreen rolling enrollment hybrid, you know, where we've got some recorded material that you can have access to immediately, uh, a little bit of a guidebook, the actual plays, all of those elements are being included into it. And we'll probably uh, continue to evolve some of the action prompts. So those are the, that's kind of the high level of what we're building into the program. But yeah, just go into groupcoachmagic.com, uh, look up the Surefire system. The program is evolving as we as we speak. And the, the one thing that I can guarantee, it'll be the thing that is the most effective way to get started quickly in group coaching, because we're constantly listening to the clients and what they need. And we're constantly debriefing in real time. And we're making the program better consistently. Like every single session we do, the program gets better consistently because we're getting feedback in real time from other advanced coaches. Awesome. And thank you for sharing that. And I'm part of Robin Daniels program and, and I've been a coach for a while and I've done group coaching and, and I've learned quite a bit both from Robin Daniel around how we do group facil facilitation and whether it's live or in person and they both help me on that path. Uh, and, and they've created a huge, a ton of content around how you would do things differently, different strategies around how you approach from design to, uh, to, um, to implementation, to getting feedback. Uh, I, I think they're incredibly valuable. And, and I've told them this in the past, this, this looks more like a facilitation certification uh, that you don't actually get in normal certifications because they teach you the basics of coaching, but then facilitation is a different animal especially as you get uh, as you go more and more towards it so you guys are teaching important things and whether you're getting started or you're more of an experienced coach who wants to learn better skill sets whether your group sizes are growing or you're adding more groups or you want to bring in more coaches to work with uh, then I think it'll be very valuable uh, for you guys and I want to thank both Rob and Daniel for for doing that service because it's needed yeah thank you, thank you.
Yeah, no problem. So uh, for those who are watching it, make sure you like and share this episode and share it with any coach that needs to learn more about uh, group coaching, the Evergreen model, how to get started, all of the good stuff that we shared. Please like and share. It's going to help uh, a coach. And if it helps a couple of coaches, it's going to help a lot of other people because they're going to go out there and serve. And also, if you wanted to be part of our community, you can either join our free Facebook group that we have recently opened up to everybody for free. It used to be paid. And or you can go to coachingmastercommunity.com to learn more about our community. Um, other than that, uh, I'll see you guys uh, next week on Wednesday, 10 a.m. Thank you for Thanks. both uh, for joining us today. Thanks for having Bye. us. I appreciate it. Yeah. Thank you. You're listening to the Coach's Journey Podcast. 